Welcome to the Rail Market Update on the State of Freight podcast brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Rail Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Rail and Intermodal, Todd Tronowski. As Todd presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading a PDF or PowerPoint version of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF is available now at www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads of the Rail Market Update, as well as the weekly trucking market update with Avery Vice and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the FTR State of Freight Rail Market Update Podcast. As always, I am your host, Todd Tronowski, the Vice President of Rail and Intermodal here at FTR. Thank you for joining us this week and every week as we talk about the rail markets, the rail volumes, and where they are headed. So let's... Let's jump right in. Let's say, first of all, let's, most car commodity groups, whether they're car loader or intermodal, they bounced back out of the holiday week. Well, there were some exceptions, and we'll, we'll talk through what those were and what they mean uh, as we go forward. But before we get too far along here today, I want to talk about labor. And now, the labor issues, as all of you know by this point, they are settled for the moment. There will not be uh, a nationwide rail strike at 12.01 a.m., on December the 9th. We know that. Uh, that, is, that is settled at this point. President Biden signed the bill that Congress passed uh, imposing uh, the, the tentative contract agreement that was reached in September uh, on both the unions and the carriers. Uh, the unions, uh, 56% of union membership uh, r- did not ratify those agreements. Uh, that is something that should give shippers out there, and carriers, but shippers especially, some pause as we go through the next several weeks. That says you're going to have a very disgruntled workforce out there. You're going to have a workforce that does not feel like it's valued, that does not feel like it got the deal that it bargained for, that it did not have an opportunity uh, to to utilize self-help, which is, I will point out, a part of the Railway Labor Act process. Uh, The the right to self-help of the parties uh, does come into play and does play a meaningful role uh, in the bargaining process. That was that was usurped by Congress in this particular round of bargaining. And that, that may not go down well uh, among the rank and file. And there are several ways we could see it here uh, over the next several weeks. You could certainly see it uptick in what I'll call work to rule, uh, where, where the employees use the safety rules that the railroads have in place to uh, not make the system as efficient as it could be, to inject some inefficiency into the system. And so if you're a shipper, uh, what does that look like to you? That looks like an increase in missed switches. That looks like an increase in missed connections. It looks like an increase in dwell time. We certainly have to look for all of those uh, over the next several weeks. We also need to think about uh, what goes on here uh, next month in January as uh, these union members, some of whom have significant amounts of seniority, uh, and get their back pay payment. As they get their back pay payment next month, uh, what do they do? Uh, do they walk away? Do they, uh, do they move on to some other profession uh, once they get that lump sum payment? Uh, certainly that would give them the means to be able to do something like that. Uh, that would obviously have, have an effect on 
headcount on the railroads, particularly operating headcount on the north, that the carriers uh, have tried to varying levels of success to uh, increase over the last several months. This could, this has the potential to put those numbers back. We'll just have to to see how that plays out over the next over the next several months. But it's certainly something uh, that bears watching, given the disgruntled nature of the of the rank and file workforce now that this contract has been imposed upon them. Uh, so if you're a shipper, uh, you're, yes, your immediate crisis is averted, that is true, uh, but there are uh, several other traps in the grass that you're going to have to pay attention to and try to avoid uh, over the next weeks and months. I'll just throw that out there for folks. Yes, the, the crisis is over. That does not mean uh, that the, we are entirely out of the woods. Do not get complacent. Do not take labor peace uh, entirely for granted as we go through the weeks and months ahead. Let's talk about the numbers. Uh, Intermobile volumes, uh, they bounced back out of the Thanksgiving holiday week, but they did not bounce back to the levels they had been running out before we saw some deterioration before Thanksgiving. <coughs> excuse, excuse me, shippers tried to get ahead of any potential strike action. And so they did not bounce all the way back. They got back to this lower level, right around 340,000 carloads a week they had been running at for the last several weeks before the holiday. They did not get back to the more normal 360,000 carload a week level they had been running at before that headwind became apparent and before people went and looked for other ways to move freight to avoid getting caught in the crossfire of any potential labor labor dispute. Now, the trailer side of the house responded very well out of the Thanksgiving holiday. You saw volumes shoot back up to, uh, by far, uh, their highest levels of, of the year. And over the last, really, three quarters, uh, we have not been this strong, up around 19,000 uh, trailers a week. Now, you expect that. You normally see a peak in trailer traffic this time of year as the parcel carriers deal with that surge of boxes that are showing up at each and every one of our doors uh, over the next four to five weeks as we get ready for Christmas. Uh, You normally see that seasonal peak, and certainly uh, we are seeing evidence of that in the early trailer numbers uh, that we have seen through the the first post-Thanksgiving week uh, of the year. On the container side, as you would expect, this shows essentially uh, what the overall intermodal volume shows. It shows a bounce back out of the holiday, but a bounce back to a little bit less than where they were running before the holiday. Those already muted levels, right around 323,000 or so containers a week is about about where we are. That's about, uh, about call it 4,000 uh, off of where we had been running and a little bit more than that, about 20,000 uh, less than that back to where we had been running before folks started pulling volumes away from the railroads to avoid any sort of labor issue. So shifting gears out of intermodal, looking particularly at the carload markets, uh, the carload markets really essentially bounced back out of the Thanksgiving holiday the way you would expect them to. They essentially came right back out of the holiday after a one-week dip. Now, they did not get all the way back to 2021 levels. They did not get all the way back to five-year average levels. There's left a little bit of daylight there. Again, a little bit stronger than where they had been running uh, from, from the pre 
the pre-Thanksgiving sort of uh, labor-dented volume levels that they had been running at, but they did not get all the way back to where they had been running at a more normal rate earlier in the fourth quarter. They're still uh, below those levels. So it's sort of a glass-half-full, glass-half-empty situation when it comes to the carload markets. On the economically sensitive freight side of the house, a little bit of a weaker story. We definitely bounced back, but did not bounce back as strongly as overall carload. Now, the economically sensitive freight, uh, we've talked about this before, uh, before the holiday and for much of 2022. And we mean economically sensitive freight, no coal, no agriculture, no petroleum, just those things that are more closely tied to the underlying economy. And th- this should worry some folks, the fact that we are more significantly below 2021 levels than the overall carload market. That is something that's going to have to be uh, rectified as we go through the next year. Otherwise, carload will not grow next year uh, if you look at those, uh, those data points. Now, coal uh, bounced back strongly in, in the post-holiday week, uh, back above, uh, sort of close to the levels it had been running at earlier in the year, right around 70 Say about 76,000 or so car loads a week uh, in coal. Definitely above last year, but still a ways away from the five yards, but a strong result in coal. Coal continues its strong 2022, but as we've talked about before in the podcast, I don't get your hopes up that that's going to continue uh, to happen as we go through as we go through the weeks and the months ahead. Grain volumes, uh, a strong bounce back out of a holiday week. Uh, up above, well above 2021 levels, well above the five-year average. Certainly, this is the both U.S. and Canadian volumes uh, moving strongly as we go through the harvest season. We're up close to 40,000 carloads a week in the grain market, which is essentially where we've been running uh, on average over the last, call it six weeks, six, eight weeks. Uh, That has been a, a bright spot for Carload and certainly is helping to underpin some of that carload strength uh, that we've seen. On the chemical side of the house, we really didn't see much improvement at all coming out of uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. Things stayed very, very low. 20%, in fact, off of last year's levels. Uh, about, call it 10% or so off of the uh, five-year average levels. There really wasn't much of a bounce because chemical shippers, remember, they are always on the cutting edge when it comes to uh, embargoes, when it comes to uh, not being able to ship ahead of a work stoppage. We saw that in September, and certainly some shippers in this space uh, saw that happening again uh, with the state of the current negotiations and either took extended downtime or uh, moved their shipments another way so that we really didn't see uh, any sort of movement in the chemical space uh, in the post-holiday week. Petroleum products, though, Uh, did come back fairly strongly, did come back uh, to where it was running right before the Thanksgiving holiday week. That's a little bit above last year, still below the five-year average, but close to it. Uh, The question will be in the next seven weeks, do we continue to move up from here, or is 21,000 carloads a week pretty much the the ceiling the way it has been for essentially all but a week or two of the post-pandemic period? Uh, Right now, I would bet on no seasonal uh, bump at all and just sort of continuing to run at that 21,000 level through the next several weeks. When we look at stone, sand, and gravel, uh, stone, sand, and gravel has been a a bright spot, certainly, 
uh, for things as we go forward. It bounced back out of the holiday week, essentially to where it had been running before the holiday. We're up about 26,000 or so carloads a week. It's above the five-year average. Essentially right in line with last year. Uh, continues to be a bright spot through the fall. Yes, it is trending down, but you would also expect that as we get into the fall and the winter, as we get into a slowing of the construction season, uh, it's not too surprising that the absolute level of, of aggregate volume would slow a little bit as we go through the balance of the year. Uh, lumber and wood bounced back out of the holiday level, but nowhere near uh, where it had been running earlier in the year, running at 5,700 or so car loads a week. That's below last year by about 5%, uh, roughly that same amount below the five-year average. Uh, lumber and wood is one of those commodities that we expect with the housing market under pressure from high prices and high, mor high, high mortgage rates, high interest rates. Uh, we would expect lumber and wood to continue to be pressured over the weeks and months ahead. The pulp and paper sector, uh, continued strength here, even uh, during the holiday week and after the holiday week, continues to, to run up strong. Normally, again, you see a, a seasonal bump this time of the year. All those cardboard boxes, all that packaging that's showing up at our door, uh, that has to be made somewhere, that has to move somehow. And that is in the pulp and paper sector, all of that box board, all of that, all of that pulp. Now, we're still below last year. We're still uh, significantly below the five-year average, uh, but we're certainly uh, better than we have been uh, for much of 2022. The question will be, uh, is this sustainable or are we going to take a dip down in the next several weeks and remain near 7,000 carloads a week where we've been for much of the last quarter? Uh, time will tell, but certainly uh, not a buyer quite yet of the pulp and paper uh, recovery story. On the automotive volumes, the automotive side of things, uh, we bounced back in the post-holiday week. We bounced above where we had been running before the holiday. Uh, certainly above last year's levels by about 4 or 5%, uh, but still below the five-year average. Not something I would call an inflection point here. Not something that I would say is a turning of the corner uh, in automotive volume, but something that certainly uh, bears watching as we, go through, as we go through the weeks and months ahead. Uh, and with that, we're going to wrap up this week. As you, as you heard, most of the sectors in Intermodal and Carlo performed essentially the way you would expect them to perform coming out of the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, but ultimately, uh, labor continues to be an issue, continues to be in the spotlight. Uh, even as we have passed the risk of a short-term strike, uh, there could be other, other issues lingering out there. We really didn't touch on the, the port side of that this week, but certainly uh, that is out there and on the table as well that we have to uh, respect and think about, particularly uh, as we start to form assumptions about intermodal in 2023, uh, that is certainly something that needs to be uh, thought through about how long it's going to last and how long it might take for volumes to come back after an agreement, uh, after any agreement is reached. And with that, I'd like to thank you for joining us this week. As always, I am your host, Todd Tronowski, the Vice President of Rail and Intermodal here at FTR. Thank you for joining us this week and every week. We look forward to it. If you ever have any questions about what you hear on the podcast, what you hear in webinars, what you hear uh, in your business, what you see in the words, feel free to reach out to myself or any member of the FTR team. We love to get up in the morning and talk about transportation. We love to talk about uh, these markets and these industries and hear uh, what's going on in your business and in your industry uh, that we could use to help inform our forecasts. 
uh, feel free to reach out anytime if we can ever be ever be of assistance. And with that, hope you all have a great week. We'll talk to you again next week. As always, I am your host, Todd Tranowski, the Vice President of Rail and Intermodal here at FTR. Thank you for joining us this week. That's it for this week's Rail Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. The Rail Market Update will be published each week along with a downloadable PDF of the presentation. If you find this transportation intelligence useful, please take a moment to give us a positive rating on your podcast platform of choice and send us your feedback by email at podcast.ftrintel.com. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.